Hello and welcome to Truth Incorporated Podcast, where we spread uncensored biblical truth. I'm your host, as always, from Alakra, and we have come to the end of season one. Um, and we looked primarily at covenants, and we close on this episode as we look at the new covenant. Um, the podcast will take a one-month break where we'll go to the joint board and plan much more topics and much more things that we could do to continue to spread uncensored typical truth right here at Truth Incorporated. Um, so the last time we, we met, we looked at the David the Covenant and we looked at God's promises to David and we saw how they wonderfully were pointing to the messianic king who's to be like David but even greater than he is whom is no other than Jesus Christ we looked at the Abrahamic covenant we looked at the Edenic covenant so we covered a lot on covenants for this season and today we'll be looking at the new covenant which is the final covenant um so let's have a bit of a recap and what did we say was a covenant um, we said that the covenant is a binding or lasting agreement between two or more parties. Um, in today's terms, covenant would mean something like a legal document. Uh, we go to our lawyer, we sign contracts before we go to buy, let's say, let's say, for instance, we're going to take out the new internet. We sign a contract with our internet provider. Let's say we're going to take a loan from the bank. We sign a contract with a bank that there's agreement between us and the bank that they will loan us a specific amount of money and we'll pay them back with their internet provider that they will provide us with a specific amount of internet per month and we'll pay them a specific amount of money per month um, for how many years, etc. And those are legally binding and very serious um, because if if either party breaches some part of it, um, regardless of how long it's been, you could actually be taken to court um, and forced to pay what you have to and even face jail time. And contracts, especially such as wills, they are long lasting that even after the death of a person that they are still in effect. So contracts are legal and long binding documents that exist between two or more parties. And of course, in our minds, when we think of covenants, we instantly think of, as I said before, legal contracts, lawyers, signing papers, um, you know, the nine yards, which it is in modern terms. But to the ancient Hebrews, covenant was a, it was a bit different. And excuse me if I botch the Hebrew word. Um, I'm no Hebrew scholar, as yet that is. <laughs> so the word for he- the word the Hebrews would usually use in the scriptures for speaking of covenant uh, between two or more parties is the word karat beret. Karat beret. And as I said before, if you're a Hebrew scholar and you're watching this, please excuse my pronunciation. Um, I am no Hebrew scholar yet. Um, and what does that mean, though? Um, you know, what does that mean to the Hebrews? So Karat Barrett means to cut a covenant, to cut a covenant. So basically the Hebrews would say cut a covenant. Um, Karat means to cut down and Barrett means covenant. So that's what the Hebrews would say for covenant, to cut a covenant. Okay. 
And we see this between Abraham and Yahweh, and there is a lot of cutting involved in terms of covenant. Um, so Genesis 15, and I'll read it, but he, but he said, Genesis 15, 8 to 13, but he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer, three years old, a female goat, three years old, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove, three years old, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over each against the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down to on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in that land that is not yours, and shall be slaves, and they shall be oppressed for four hundred years. So, remember we looked at the Abrahamic covenant, um, kind of refresh your memory. So, God had promised Abraham that he'd have a seed, and through his seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed, and, um, you know, that he shall have a land, etc. Um, and Abraham, here in chapter 15, is, is asking God, well, how am I sure, Abraham? God reminds him of the covenant. And Abraham reminds him, well, I have no children. Um, you know, Eliezer, my servant of Damascus, by rights, he will take over my inheritance. Um, Eliezer was his male servant, so um, if he didn't have any um, any children and probably any close next of kin, um, your male servants would be able to take over your inheritance, which is quite strange. So Eliezer of Damascus was to take over his, his, his possession. So Abraham says, to, Abraham says to God, well, Oh, Yahweh, how will I know that I am to possess it? How will I know that these things will come to pass? God told him to bring an a heifer, three years old, a female goat, three years old, a ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he cut it in half, and he laid one side, laid one to the side, and laid another. And it represented a, a cutting of a covenant. He cut the animal in two, and it gives the significance of cutting a covenant. So when the Israelites heard of covenant making they would think of cutting which is interesting isn't it so yeah so we remember the abrahamic covenant that god made to abraham um and we said that jesus actually now we galatians the word of god tells us that jesus is the see that the galatians tells us that when the scriptures wrote it didn't write many seeds or many offspring but it wrote one and that one is none other than Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then we come to the covenant at Sinai. This is 400 and something years after the death of Abraham. God makes a very important and vital covenant with some people, the children of Israel, who are the descendants of Abraham. He makes a very special covenant with them at Mount Sinai through Moses, the prophet of Israel. Exodus 19, 5-6 Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the people. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to all the Israelites. 
So Moses was up on a mountain. God was giving him the promises and giving him the covenant that Israel, though all the earth is mine and his earth is my footstool, you, Israel, shall be for me a treasured possession, the apple of my eyes. You are special to me. And you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. So God had made a covenant with Israel. And um, there would be a day called the Day of Atonement where Israel would have a day of natural, a day of national, not natural, sorry, a day of national sin forgiven and they would bring their animals to be cut and to be sacrificed and it would be a day of repentance and celebration that Yahweh was forgiving the sins and not forgetting the children of Israel and they would be the high priests there will be two two sacrificial animals there would be one lamb for Azazel and one lamb for Yahweh and the lamb for Azazel would be the lamb where the priest would confess all the sins of the animal Unto the head of the under this lamb, and they would lead it in the wilderness, far, far away out of the camp, which represents that God is taking the sins of Israel out of the camp. And then the other lamb would be the lamb of Yahweh. He would be killed, slaughtered, and his blood would be dashed against the altar, which represents the atoning for sin, that the sins of Israel had been covered by this. So God made a covenant with them and he gave them the law of Moses and they were, as he told them, if they had obeyed his statutes, his ordinances and everything that he would tell them, they were to be a very special people. They were to be treasured above all the nations. God made a covenant with them. We looked at the David covenant. We looked at David who was a wonderful king. And let's now look at 2 Samuel 7, 12-14. It says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will punish him, with a rod such as mortals use, with blows inflicted by a human by human beings. Um, so usually with these covenants, there are two parts, as we said, because of course the covenant we looked at with Abraham, it spoke of the land and the seed. Of course, it represented the natural Israel, the natural Israelites, but the covenant was greater than that. It was deeper and it represented more so the kingdom of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this covenant does in a small percentage represent Solomon, but it is not truly just about Solomon. But David represented a type of king that God wanted. So David was not just an ordinary king. It says when he was bringing the ark back to Jerusalem, it says he wore a linen ephod and usually only the priests would wear a linen ephod. And it says as the Levites carried the ark of the covenant, it says that David went ahead of it and he danced in the streets with all of the people and he danced with all his might and celebrated because that was his passion that was his love for Yahweh that he danced in the midst of the street like a regular man and he showed everyone that he loved God and he enjoyed himself uh, we know his wife Michal who looked out the window was not pleased because well he's the king why is he dancing among these regular people and of course God punished her and closed up her womb 
from that day for being a foolish woman. So David was a priestly king as he wore the robe, the priestly garments. And when he was in trouble, he would call for the linen garments and he would come and pray before God. So he represented a type of king that God wanted, a priest king. And actually, just a sneak peek of what we're going to look at in the season to come up. We heard Abraham met a king called Melchizedek. And Melchizedek was a king and a priest, which was kind of strange because usually they were one in the, they're not they weren't one in the same office. There were different offices, and this is one of the earliest persons that we met that worshipped Yahweh like Abraham, like Abraham did. And Abraham paid one tenth of his of his money, which is where the tithings come from, to Melchizedek, and he was highly respected. So Melchizedek represented a type of priestly king and so did david represented a priestly king and also yes he represented a priestly king and that is the order that the messiah was to come in so we looked and we said in luke 1 where the angel gabriel reminded mary not reminded told her that she will have a son and he will be called the son of the most high and god will give him the king the kingdom of his father david so we know that jesus was the promised seed the true seed of of david who shall be king over all the world. And he is coming to be a messianic king, a king like David, king like Melchizedek, a king priest, not just an ordinary king, because a king in God's eye is not just one that just is served, but one that serves and one that, that is able to serve others. So all these covenants were not inaugurated without blood. Hebrews 9, 18, 22 18 to 22 tells us, Hence not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment had been told to all the people by Moses, in accordance with the law, he took the blood of calves and goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled broad the scroll itself on all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant of God, that God had ordained for you. And in the same way he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So, the writer of Hebrews reminds us that not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. And Leviticus 17 tells us that God made blood for atonement and for covenant making. So, it was always vital that there was blood to inaugurate the covenant in the garden of eden we see it says the lord took skins from he took skins from an animal and made clothes for adam and eve so that means that he would have had to slain an animal and that represented the lamb that would be slain so this animal god had to take this innocent lamb or whatever animal it was kill it took its skin and made clothes for Adam and Eve. And what did the clothes represent? Well, the clothes represented a covering. But of course, that didn't cover their sins, but it covered their nakedness. And that was a preview to the lamb, who was just as innocent as the lamb in Eden, slaughtered to make clothes, who would be slaughtered to make a, a different kind of cover, covering, not just clothes, but atonement, a covering for the sins of all. So even the beginning, the first covenants, they were all inaugurated with blood. There was always a blood sacrifice. And the covenants at with Abraham, we see Abraham cut the two anim the animals in two. At Mount Sinai, they were sacrifices of animals. So all of these covenants were made with blood. 
because blood is made for atonement and covenant making and no covenant can be initiated between Yahweh without the blood sacrifice. So then it brings us to the new covenant. And as we know, Jesus is the seed of Abraham, is the seed promised the seed promise that will crush the head of the serpent and the serpent would strike his heel in Genesis three. We know also that Jesus was the was the king was the son promised unto David. And we're introduced in Luke 1 that the angel presents itself to Mary and tells her that she will have a son and he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. So Jesus came and he preached not a new thing, but he interpreted the law and showed him how God truly wanted the law to be interpreted. In other words, he fulfilled the law and he was the fulfillment of everything. And throughout the Old Testament, and I hope that we were able to grasp that from this season, as we looked at many different passages all of them led to Jesus. And every single covenant that was promised led to Jesus, who is the Messiah, who is the Messianic King, who is the seed of, of, of Adam and Eve, who is the seed of David, who is the seed of Abraham, who is the prophet that is going to be greater than Moses. And he was prophesied about by all of the prophets. So he came and he preached about the kingdom of God. And he explained the law in a way that it had not yet been explained or understood, not even by the scholars and the Pharisees. And before he died, he had the supper. He said in Luke 22, as he was about to drink the wine, he said, and he, he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So, and then we heard that he died. He was taken up on a cross and died. Now, this was a great shock to the Jews because many of them did not know that the Messiah must die. But he had to. Because he had to act as a sacrificial lamb. He had to be the atoning factor for the blood of bulls and, and rams cannot take away the sins of the world. So, in other words, at Sinai, we see the covenant brought and we see the day of atonement, the, the lamb of Azazel and the lamb of Yahweh. And that was all a preview before we go to watch a movie. And actually, I'm planning to go watch James Bond very soon. And there are so many trailers. We go and we watch the trailers and that will determine if you would like the movie or not. And trailers are usually two minutes long and they show you different parts of the movie, the exciting parts. It gets you all rattled up and ready to go and see the movie. So all of these covenants made in the Old Testament and everything that Israel did through their sacrifices in the Days of Atonement was a representation of the true Lamb of God that was to come. Because as the Bible reminds us in Hebrews, the blood of bull and rams and lambs cannot take away the sins of the world. So Jesus had to have been sacrificed. And Isaiah 53 perfectly reminds us of this. But it, the Jews did not understand this. That is why many of them reject him as the Messiah today. For in their minds, the Messiah was to come and be the king right now and not die. But first, he was to be the lamb. So he was the lamb of Azazel. God had placed on him. God, the high priest, placed his hands on his head and confessed all of our sins. And then he also became the sacrificial lamb and God killed him. So everything done in the Old Testament was a preview, was a, a type of, of representation of the greater one that was to come. And Jesus was tried by the high priests, given a false trial, 
was given a fair trial did in the midnight hour when a trial should not according to the law be given and they quickly persecuted him and they put him on the cross and they slayed him and his blood was poured out but he had said to his disciples already at the supper that this wine that i'm drinking represents my blood in the new covenant the new testament so god had created a new way now so no longer did we need a priest like the the, the the Sinai covenant no longer do we need a priest to go beyond a veil once a year and wear special robes and touch but it says the veil with the cherubims it tore and that represented a new high priest not like the high priests of Israel who have to go year after year bringing sin bringing atonement for their sins and others but once and for all Jesus paid it all not by the blood of bulls that he might sacrifice every year but with his blood he paid the price and God is inviting us all to share in these wonderful promises. And if we are baptized in Christ, we become a, ch a child of Abraham, a child of, of David. And these promises made unto Abraham and unto David are ours. And once we become a child of Abraham, we are heirs according to the kingdom that was promised to Abraham and his seed. We become spiritual Jews, children, spiritually of Abraham. So God is inviting us all to share in the new covenant, to share in the new promises. We no longer need to go in and confess. We don't need to go and confess our sins to any priests, but we just have to come to the great high priest, the Messi the Messiah, the soon returning King Jesus the Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we could have eternal life. God is inviting us all and as we approach the high priest Jesus, he's ready and willing and able to forgive our sins. And under his covenant, there is no need for animals. But he had made the once and for all sacrifice. So it's so wonderful. And if you'd been paying attention throughout the whole episodes with the different covenants, we see how God previewed through the children of Israel and through Abraham and through David and even Adam and Eve, how God's entire plan was centered around Jesus. So God so loved the world indeed that he, have the, he has the ability to wipe the slate clean, to make a new creation, to make a new people, to, make, to just make new humans. And he could have just threw Adam and Eve away, but God tarried with us. And that's not what God wanted. But God in his love and in his majesty said that one day I'm going to send my son, sinless man who had no death, who should not by rights pay the price i will send him and he will be the sacrifice for people who are sinful who sin against him who are ungrateful so brothers and sisters isn't that wonderful friends isn't that wonderful listeners isn't that wonderful the the, the length and breadth and depth that yahweh the most high god has gone for you for me so that is the end of this episode as we look to the new covenant and we will take a break here at truth incorporated and we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll think of new topics and episodes and actually in our next season season two we'll be looking at the kingdom of god and the kingly priests so we'll look in depth about malchizedek and about what a king priest is and all of these things and what the kingdom of god is so we'll be looking at those in our new episode so please make sure that you stay tuned and um 
Yes, and if you are new to the podcast and have not yet listened to the Old Covenants and you were kind of lost while I was speaking about the Abrahamic Covenant and the Davidic Covenant, please make sure to check out the the other episodes that speak on that. And if you found this podcast interesting and you've learned something new, please do feel free to share with a friend. Um, if you have any questions, you can in, you can private message Truth Incorporated at on Facebook or on Instagram. Uh, or you can email us at truthincorporated001 at gmail.com, truthincorporated001 at gmail.com, and we will answer any questions you have in our upcoming season two. So this is the final episode for season one on covenants, and the podcast will take a break for probably a month and come back at the end of December. We will have new content and we are working on having a website set up where people can come to learn the truth and we'll have bible resources where they could learn about these topics in depth and even have a private tutor to explain these topics to them we have much more coming up and we probably will have a few more podcasts which will feature young christadelphians and we will discuss topics that face young people so there's so much to come and um we pray that you brothers and sisters listening would continue to keep us in your prayers and continue to support the podcast by sharing with a friend so it was good to be with you and i will see you guys on season two in december and until then the peace of the lord be with you until we meet again amen take care